0: Where's, uh, where's Batnik? Is he, can you get him out of the metaverse and into the studio? <laughs> sure. All right, are we rolling? Yeah.
1: He's
0: out. Are we rolling sound?
1: Yep. Yo, I'm here. I'm so excited. I wore my best, t-shirt. best black t-shirt for this special occasion yeah, no joke. This is old Navy circa 2014.
2: I've, I've got my spider jacket
1: still holds up. Look at you, you got dressed up, Jeremy.
2: Very fancy spider. I don't know that Wisdom Treats got a, brand, a branded jacket yet, dude. We're like all we've all become slobs in the last 18 months because
0: nobody has any expectations for I, what anyone else is wearing anymore, dude.
1: I've been a slob since 2014. Yeah, to your
2: credit, you were early, very, very ahead of the game. I've been a Lululemon pant. Uh, I know, comfortable. Are you still doing yoga? I've been doing it four or five days a week. Um, my wife got trained as a teacher, and we've been going for like fifteen years. And and 15 I got years.
0: She got trained as like a yoga instructor.
2: Yes. Oh wow. Um, the Zen Den at the Jersey Shore, and it's sort of more <laughs> the intense. Zen Den. It's more intense than traditional yoga. Um, but we started sponsoring for our company. Like our our head of HR and compliance does it every every day. Like I
1: it, need to start doing yoga. Like no, all jokes aside, because my back hurts. I hurt my back sneezing. It is. And it still hurts.
0: I started doing uh, yogurt, <laughs> so frozen yogurt.
1: What?
2: <laughs>
1: it's looking at the camera. <laughs> I love how dark it. Is. I feel like I'm getting pinched over here.
0: <laughs> he just sidled up to you.
1: Oh, this is that's the scene in uh, Goodfellas. Do not know. Do you
0: not know how to lower that? You push it forward. Hold on. Hold on. It's got brute it. Force. A little step. Brute brute force. A little stiff. Do you want me to get Ben here to do that for you?
1: Lol. Oh, you know who you know who you know who he's coming next week.
0: Yes, he's gonna be on the show. Yep. He was running when you called him just now.
1: Yeah, he's always running.
0: He just spends his whole day working out. With this kid,
1: it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, what a life.
1: Must be nice. He, he runs. I've got a bit. Ba- I've got a back.
0: He runs and you blow your back out sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, little collar check. Do you have a turquoise on there to match Jeremy's? Uh, we are close. Close
1: enough. Pretty good. All right. Got some emails. I really feel like every week it's a new challenge with this microphone. I just feel like I'm never comfortable. Can you hang it from the ceiling for now?
2: It's our thing. It's like our thing now. Is (laughs) hanging from the
1: ceiling too ambitious? Can we get that done?
2: I mean, from a drop ceiling, yeah.
1: What's a drop ceiling?
2: Those are just sound tiles, acoustic tiles.
1: You asked
0: me before about the, the last Curb Your Enthusiasm. Speaking of drop ceilings. Oh, my God. I mean, did you, oh you, you watch it, you, Curb Your Enthusiasm, this weekend? No. I I think it's like the best one of the year. I re, Like, I really did. When he climbs up that ladder, the roofer, and they're just looking at him like, do, <laughs> do we want to even stay in this house? And then he takes.
1: <laughs> he goes to Vince Fonsas.
0: No, but he takes JB Smooth's phone charger up on the roof with him. <laughs> JB, S- How much is J.B. Smoove getting paid for this commercial that's on every sporting event for Caesars? You're
1: another one of them. How do you watch commercials? Where do you see commercials?
0: Nick's- every Nick game, I see the J.B. Smooth commercial 15 times. I see it a lot too. ESPN all the time. Where he's like dressed as Caesar for the Caesar's sports betting app. You have not
1: seen this? No. How is that possible? I'm, th- I'm thinking how is it possible because during commercials, like, I'm on my phone. He's like
0: gold. He's all in gold. It's on every other set of commercials for the, for every Knicks game.
2: Very high production value. You've seen nice it, right? Commercial.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Caesars spent well the last out. money they have on it. Yeah, got to work.
1: Jeremy, look at this email I got this morning from a listener of the podcast who has season tickets to the Barclays Center. Look at this picture he sent to me.
2: Not bad season tickets. Look at that, guys. Nice. Wow. Is That's that sick? Nice. They didn't get kicked out
1: what he's a he's a he's a Nets fan but you have, yeah, pre- you have pretty good I'm seats jerking. in the garden <laughs> not like this no no i have regular seats He's
0: this court side right yeah
1: i mean come on that's absurd
0: that's his is this his knees
1: it's kind of amazing like how little space there is you know how guys get a get like a catch a ball and they out of bounds by we, the in the corner three-point line you go to a heat game. and Josh it pisses you off like
2: that i we said really? my wife used to have season tickets like that look like how narrow
1: that is the space between the three-point line and the, and the out of bounds
0: you ever, sit, you ever sit courtside at the Garden? No,
1: never been close. The only time I sat courtside was with uh, with um, Tony in you, Milwaukee.
0: In Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee, I feel like you could basically sit courtside if you get there early enough. Stop. They,
1: they sell out. <laughs> Shout to Milwaukee. We, we love you, mean, Tony. We love you. We're all champs. <laughs> no, nah,
0: I'm just kidding. No, but courtside MSG is unlike courtside anywhere else
2: on earth. Yes or no? Well,
1: because you're sitting next to like John Stewart and like Ben Stiller.
2: Spike Lee. It's hard to go back once you're sitting courtside. I know <laughs> Oh my god, Jeremy the, the global CIO just laid it down for uh, you yeah. Alright, let's get We're gonna get on the way Big John,
0: click it up Let's go That's the first one Don't worry about that one That's the one you gotta look out for We're ready Alright Welcome to The Compound and Friends All opinions expressed by me Michael Batnick and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.
1: Cadre is a next generation real estate investment platform that provides accredited investors with access to fully vetted, institutional quality commercial real estate assets. Cadre has closed more than $3.5 billion in real estate transactions across more than 22 markets, and they report an impressive track record in the high teens on their website. They are leveling the playing field and democratizing access to quality commercial real estate by enabling individuals to invest alongside some of the world's most prestigious institutions. And they are backed by the likes of and Horowitz, Goldman Sachs, and the Harvard Management Company. And believe it or not, we actually had Ryan Williams, the founder and CEO of Cadre on Animal Spirits, just recently. Be sure to check that out. To learn more and for key disclaimers and risks, please visit go.cadre, that's C A D R E, dot com slash compound. That's go.cadre.com slash compound. Let's go. Let's go compound and friends
0: very special guest second time on the show thanks for having me back Josh Uh, you did so good last time that we said let's get him back ASAP Jeremy Schwartz is in the house indexing fans wisdom tree fans you guys know and uh love Jeremy how long have you been there by the way Wharton
1: fans
2: 17 years
1: yeah
0: Wharton fans podcast
2: fans fans. you do a lot how many years 17 years how old were you when you started there (sighs) (laughs) Twenty <laughs> do the back back the back, back. Twenty tw- twenty-four. All right. Wait,
1: you're forty-seven?
2: Wait, that's not how it works. That's not how it goes. So you
0: started there at twenty-four, but you were working with Professor Siegel when you yes. were in school.
2: So starting with Siegel, now 20-year yeah. anniversary we passed this year. Siegel joined as a senior strategy advisor, invested in the firm. I was basically the, the fourth hire, now the second longest at the firm after wow. our CEO, Jonathan Steinberg. Dude. Unbelievable, uh, Siegel is a national treasure. Is, can, I, can I say that? What a mentor! I mean, he—I couldn't have had a better person. You know, we talk weekly on our radio show. I mean, I—he's I, and he's—I mean, I've stuck over over 20 years. We're working on another version of Stocks for long one right now. Yeah, um, I heard you basically wrote the first one anyway. Is that true? Future for Investors was my project at Wharton, so I, okay. I helped uh, the 2005 that came out, and that was—I took off two and a half years in my life to do that book, basically. Right, but that book... Bu- all right, so Siegel
0: has the last laugh, because there was a moment in 07, 08, 09, where people were, like, mocking stocks for the long run. Yeah. Like, LOL, you look like a genius, but now that's all dead, and the sixty forty is dead, and the stocks are dead, and... That's right. He People were laughing at him. He should them. just be... Yep. ...people.
2: And he's not, like... a per- People say, give him the permeable... He should run around... St- they give him the permeable reputation. He he's been he tries to call it like he sees it, and most of the time it stops for long run. But right now he's been saying he's he was worried about inflation. He was worried about this Powell pivot that actually happened this week. Yeah. And he's been calling for like a 10% correction. And so he's he's not always a well, permable. I like that you could be a permable and still say, I feel like the market could correct
0: here for this reason. I like like I like the fact that you could just be bullish. But then there are periods of time where you say, okay, this is too much, and he famously did that in the year 2000 with an op-ed that is probably one of the most prescient pieces of reading you can do or or prescient pieces of writing you can do as a person in this industry.
2: And it happened when I was at Wharton. I mean so that – talk about lucky timing of me getting to Wharton, he becoming pretty famous for that op-ed. March fourteenth of two thousand. This that day. would put him on like really really put him on the and map. Stocks came out in ninety four, um, and okay. that that op ed came. Big cab tech stocks suckers bet March fourteenth of two thousand. And oh my god, the Nasdaq subsequently fell ninety percent. Yep, he had, you could not have made a bigger call. And. And so he took, he, and he was saying the rest of the market was okay, you know, at more reasonable price. And that's what got him on his journey to value investing, which was right. what the future for investors is about. How do I protect from bubbles and rebalancing what is, dividends? What earnings. does he think
1: about current valuations and like the makeup of the market? Like, yeah. should we just throw you out and get him here? Like, what do you think? <laughs> I'm curious because he's he's been around for a long time and a he, lot of these metrics, like, just are different.
2: The thing with, The metrics. So, his stocks for long run was stocks did six and a half, six, seven over his 200 year period. Bonds did like three and a half. So, he had like this 300 basis point equity premium over bonds. Today, bonds, the 10 year tips yield, which is what he would say is your forward looking after inflation, that six and a half percent is an after inflation number. So, you compare stocks as real assets, earnings grow with dividends and inflation over time. Um, so you gotta compare them to tips yields. That tips yield is negative one.
0: Wait, compare them to tips yield versus what?
2: Earnings yield. So earnings yields being the inverse of the P ratio. If you go back, why did stocks return six and a half to seven? It's because the P ratio was fifteen over 140 years. So one over 15 is six and a half. There's, okay. It's not an accident that the earnings yield was the predictor of the real return. Do okay, so you have to so
1: add in dividends, and, dividend yield and buyback yield?
2: The earnings, the dividends and buybacks come from the earnings yield. Okay. So you just look at the inverse of the P ratio. If you look at the total market, like obviously subsets of the market can grow earnings faster than the total market. Okay, so
0: the tips yield is negative 1%
2: over. Yeah. Even less.
0: Right, so you're losing money in inflation.
2: You're giving the government $100, and 10 years from now, you get $90 after inflation. Okay, so by that metric, though, can't you basically justify paying anything for stocks? Stocks are real cheap versus that. And yeah. that's that's the thing, is the equity premium, even though stocks may only return five after inflation. Still better than negative. It's better than negative one. Yeah.
1: Okay. Jeremy, the other day, I was Josh and I were talking about this chart from your Yardini, this dividend chart. Yeah. And I said... Like just a knee jerk reaction. If I had to show investors why they should think long term, this might be the all one.
2: time high. Yeah,
1: this dividend chart
2: very stable. It 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 almost never declines more than five percent. In oh nine, it to declined clear, twenty. To
0: be clear, because podcasting is an audio <laughs> um, medium, it's a chart of the dividend payout of the S and P. It's not a chart of dividend stock prices. Correct. It's right. it's
1: billion. It's the yes. billions of dollars that have been paid out. S and P 500 stocks going back to 1999, and basically absent the GFC, it's up only. And and even go back 60
2: years, it's only really declined five percent a few times, five six times, and only 20 percent in 09, and it was all financials. Um, and, li- and last year, very small. It was, it was right, modest. But you still not even five percent. It was, it was yeah. like a few. Per- it was not even like it's. It was it was, it was a blip. Um, well, the government paid those dividends, so it worked out well.
1: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> had to pay them. The last thing on the single part. So he's he's been a proponent of of um unbundling the cape ratio and looking at a lot of the accounting rule changes. Yeah. What does he think about the cape ratio today? Is it like he should
0: s- also take a bow for that, by the way?
1: Yes. He was the only, I feel like he's the only one that did that work. Because
0: I think it's universally acknowledged now that that number in the absence of qualification
2: is completely useless. Yeah. It's there's a lot of issues. However,
1: you square US stocks that are not cheap, but I'm curious what he would think about that.
2: Yeah, I mean I, he likes the the methodology. It's hard to predict real returns and he like he says valuations do matter. He's not saying we're going to get the same 6.7 after inflation that we did 20 years ago. He's more like 5% after inflation from where you are at the 20p ratios today. So he's more of a forward-looking P ratio than a historical historical P ratio. Right. But well, listen, I I
0: I mean what I said, I think he is a national treasure. I think anybody that starts as an investor by reading his stuff is probably way better off oh, yeah. than starting off reading market timing stuff because I think he gives you that perspective that you need to, like, ha- have that – you need to, like, understand that what this is really all about. And I think he gives it to you in a very easy-to-digest way.
2: Right. There's a chapter in technical analysis in Stocks for Long Run where we talk about I sort of moving averages. And, we, and, and Meb, uh, in some of his tactical allocation, has, has highlights. It's even Siegel talks about strategies that can cut – drawdowns and and yes and, and things like that. But yeah, he's a, he is a stocks for the long run.
0: Well, if you're going mean, to have a bias towards something in this business, it might as well be toward the thing that we know works, right? <laughs> like just <laughs> just start st- at, at that starting point. All right. We're wildly off course. We actually have some very big news today. And one of the reasons we're so excited to have you live here on the show is because Wisdom Tree and Ritholtz Wealth are making a major announcement today. Major you we'll say time. this qualifies as major? It does. It really does, yeah, right? it does. Uh, much more for you than for me. very, like very did, proud of what we've done here. You did like 99% of the firm's work on this. That's so, a little high, but-
2: I'm almost full-time crypto. It's sort of crypto for it. All right, listen, introducing, uh, and
0: we're not we're not pitching product here today, but I think this is like a very important discussion. If you're involved in crypto or wealth management or financial planning or long-term investing, I think this is going to be very, very good- for you to experience because of how much we've learned um, building this, but I'm here to introduce the RWM Wisdom Tree Crypto Index—that's what it's called. That's exactly okay. what it's called. And a separately managed account or uh, SMA strategy that we've built to uh, work based on the index. Am I saying all these things right? Powered by Onramp. Well, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into the the partners that that we have on this cuz that's really important part Sitting of why on this works gemini so uh the RWM Wisdom Tree Crypto Index SMA strategy is powered by onramp you guys have heard tyrone ross here on the show uh ceo of onramp and they have done an amazing job building the trading tools that are necessary uh and the visualization tools what's the best way to describe the uh their role before we get into Who gemini says. onramp
1: so OnRamp is, that's a good question. All right, so I would, I would start with Gemini first.
0: Okay, so Gemini is custodian.
1: Here it is, here it is. Gemini is the custodian, and in this case, the exchange as well. Gemini is custodying the assets the same way that Fidelity does, that Schwab does, that TD Meritrade does. OnRamp sits on top of that platform and executes the trades. Right. Opens the account, does all the KYC checks. Very similarly- but not exactly to maybe how we work with Canvas, uh, which is the Oshana C Asset Management platform. It's basically a technology solution that sits on top of uh, that sits on top of um, a custodian. So it's like in the crypto world, is, is Onramp like the layer two?
2: That's a good way to talk about it. They are a connecting protocol. Like, if you think are they about- chain link? <laughs> well,
1: wait, but they it's also the user
0: interface.
2: It- it's also how advisors
0: see their clients' accounts and how clients can view their own assets and
2: their own portfolio. thats all going through on-ramp.
0: It's right? a
2: platform that's connecting all the dots. So it's yes. connecting to Gemini, connecting to the strategy, the advisors go through. It, integration platform as a service is, the, is a phrase Tyrone uses a lot. Okay, um, that's perfect. I pass. Okay, so, th- so this, is, this is the first, uh, to our knowledge,
0: this is the first index-driven SMA strategy for crypto. So this is basically financial advisors who want to help their clients get exposure to digital assets in a evidence-based approach, which we're going to talk about the index and its construction in a minute. This is now uh, Ritholtz Wealth clients only for right now. And then that will open up to all financial advisors, family offices, wealth managers, and their clients, we think sometime early Q1. Do I have that right? We're hoping. We're, all right. I don't want to overpromise. Well, how about
1: this? If you
0: but are- it's, it's open now for our If clients. you are
1: an individual investor who wants exposure to this, if you are a financial advisor who wants to allocate clients to this, we have a landing page. It is, what is the landing page? Rit-
0: Good Holt- question. slash digital.
1: So give us your email address, and when this is live, we will let you know.
0: Yeah. So, all right, let's get away from the salesy side of this because I don't, don't want to turn this into a pitch. We, we can't pitch this because nobody can buy it unless they're already clients of ours. Um, talk about what went into the creation of the index and why this is so different from everything else that's out there. Well, yeah, the, let's start there. Yeah.
1: Why did we try and do this? What were we trying to solve for? Well, first, it's
2: still incredibly difficult to access crypto. I mean, the regulators in the U.S. Are, have a very different approach than the regulators in Europe. In Europe, you can launch ETPs, ETFs, baskets of and and single and index baskets. Um, we're doing that in the U.S. They, they're not even getting to a physical Bitcoin. There's no spot bitcoin ETF no spot as bitcoin of this taping. And so when will they come up with a diversified index? It's going to be a long time before right. your traditional access vehicle. So you need to open an account at Gemini, Coinbase, somewhere and do it yourself. And individual retails are doing it. They're doing it on their phones. About, a, tri- about a trillion or 2 trillion dollars worth. It's right. just not and the advisor world. And so it's, 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 hard. So OnRamp does solve a lot of key issues of making all those connectivity points happen. They, they do the integration with the Gemini's and allow the trading uh, and the custody in a very seamless way. So I mean, Michael was showing me how it works for your clients and, and it's, it's amazingly simple. I'm going to become a client. Uh, it seems like in two days, like it's a very easy process. That's if we let you, so <laughs> you can open an account on OnRamp in minutes
0: which is really yes, qu- incredible literally. The te- yep. technology that Tyrone and them have built. So what's in the index and why
1: is it set up the way it's set up? So let's start with this. What we didn't want was a straight up market cap weighted index. Why? Because if you do that, you're at 60% Bitcoin and Ethereum. Is that about right? That seems about right.
2: Yeah. But that test more. looks f***ing
0: awesome.
1: Oh, I mean, a back <laughs> test of any crypto exposure looks I, awesome. I can't get
0: the back test. I have to only get the forward returns. So, Bitcoin probably won't go up 36,000% again the way it already has. It so would be very unlikely we, for that to occur we again.
1: We don't want to, we don't have the ability, nor do you need the ability, in my opinion, to pick the winners. I think what you want is if you believe in cryptocurrency, just generally, that the space will be bigger in the future than it is today. Then you want beta. You want broad exposure. You don't want to bet on which King uh, uh, King Kong Godzilla, which is going to be the winner. We will we will institute the index, and then we will set it free. How we've, many coins are in the index? We've got thirteen.
2: Thirteen today. What, where do those come from? Why why those thirteen? So we we try to get diversified exposure to a broad cross sections of themes. So yes, we have overweights to it, from the, the other 11 coins to Bitcoin Ether. They deserve the bigger spots. Um, but we are capping it. It's today 56% between 36, Bitcoin, 20% Ether. And then it's essentially 4% allocated to the other 11 assets. So because one of those other 4% weightings two years from now could be a
0: 20% weighting. Or zero. Or zero could fall out of the index. And we, we don't, we don't want to try to guess. We just want to make sure we're there.
2: Yes. Okay. And, and so we are we are trying to get broad diversification of themes. So you hear DeFi. DeFi is one of the biggest applications so of hot, crypto. So hot right now.
1: Well, this is a bit seriously. If we can't even get a spot Bitcoin ETF, when are we getting DeFi exposure for for investors? And and it solves a lot of challenges. I
2: mean, you hear about the the, the interest rates and the lending and the borrowing rates that you could get through DeFi. And you're, there's a lot of interesting yields that you can get there. So, when interest rates are zero, yes, they're going to go higher next year. That's part of our worldview. But it's still going to be like 1%, 2% on the Fed funds. You could get meaningful yields on some of these lending arrangements. And a lot of these assets, whether it's Ave or Sushi or, or Year in Finance, they all have interesting elements of adding in lending, borrowing, and. and okay. And these rate.
1: companies are literally minting money right? Like, and I don't mean that, I guess I said literally, I don't mean, figuratively, they are making so much money through these protocols. So
0: it's hard to do a fundamental analysis. Um, not that people shouldn't try. It's hard to do fundamental analysis the way that you would with a stock to come up with these 13 holdings that we have. Yeah. But you guys did build the criteria and I saw how much work went into it and I was blown away. You guys did build a criteria for which coins and why. And then- this idea of letting it float, yes. So that hypothetically, is Solana in the index? Not yet. It, all right. It's not because it's not a Gemini. But if uh, if if, right. if
1: Ethereum flips
2: Bitcoin, we that's will right. flip, We then, will flip Ethereum higher than Bitcoin. We're going to let it go higher.
0: That's right. So there are going to be some coins that drop out because total value lock declines, the community stops using it, market cap you know vanishes. Yeah. But then there will be some coins that ten x. And we don't know which – that's why when I say evidence-based, the only evidence we have is that crazy shit can and will happen, and it will be very hard to predict in advance. So that's the the idea of letting it float and accepting the returns of the beta, but right. we're starting with that modified market
2: cap. And we, and we do have two-thirds of the market. So in our 13 coins, they represented approximately – a little bit over 60 per, 64% and of the that total does, market.
1: That doesn't include, you're taking away the stable coins, right?
2: Yes. Okay. This, this is of of- what we call the market dominance. Why aren't we using stable coins? Because they're supposed to act like dollars. Then? There's no reason in this index. This is trying to get you the long-term yeah. growth capital. Okay. And so the stable coins would just be, a. it's like just a cash allocation. And so this is trying to get the growth of the crypto assets ecosystem. Okay.
1: Awesome. So the biggest holding by far, as we already mentioned, was, was Bitcoin and Ethereum. We've got some other layer one networks. So that's like two thirds of the index we've got uh, polygon as a layer 2 we've got defi we've got metaverse we've got uh, uh, oracle in there and i don't mean oracle the publicly traded company i mean
2: it's a it's a basically bringing the off-chain and on-chain things together and helping connect the, the actual real world with the so crypto world so let's explain what that means so
0: let's say let's say there's a distributed app where people are trying to make bets on the weather well how do you know who to pay well the way you'll know is that the oracle token will come to the table with that information and say, yes, it was above 70 degrees 10 days in a row. The person betting on that gets that money. Or this particular coin is supposed to do this on a contract basis if something in the real world happens. You need oracles to connect things going on in the real world with data to, the, I guess, the tokens that are – Going up or down based on that information
2: is that a good way to phrase it? I think so. I mean, the asset we have is called Chainlink. Link is the is the uh, acronym. That's there. a pretty popular one. It's yeah, it's in the top twenty in the market rank when we were looking at it. Um, the use case we talked about was a insurance platform that uses their data to determine if the payout conditions are met. But so it is. It, that's where it's using that off the offline with the connecting the online to it.
1: When you say we, can we just talk a little bit about the the digital asset team and what you guys are doing at WisdomTree? This is not just you and me picking names.
2: Yes, we have a, a big team. We've been making investments in digital assets. I mentioned we have products uh, actually in Europe that launched this week. So we launched three different basket products in Europe. So we've been hiring against this effort. Um, there's a research team focused on it. There's a broader than research team focused on digital assets and how it's changing finance. We could talk a lot more about that. But the committee is is between capital markets. There's people who are involved in the trading side. There's people. The research team is is five people today focused on crypto assets, um, and uh, so you're you used to dealing with stock nerds at Wisdom Tree, right? And I feel like you can
0: kind of like you can kind of like uh, you're the alpha, right? How insufferable are these crypto
2: people that you've had to hire? It's, I mean, it's amazing. Okay actually, yeah, I love them. It's remote, you it don't have to deal with them. <laughs> they are so. Our, Where so are they? Russia. We have a few people in London. One of my people is in New York. Here, who's who's working on it? Okay. Um, so we've got we got all over the world. All right. I, I kid,
0: of course. We love crypto people. Uh, I want to talk about John Steinberg's uh, message to Wisdom Tree investors. Which I guess this came out. By the way, Jono, that's Jono. like his. That's his yeah, he nickname. He's yeah. like Bono from U two. <laughs> Always so, done by John. It's fun. It's fun. All right, John O. told analysts on a conference call at the end of October, when Wisdom Tree released its results, somebody asked a question from Goldman or something, and his response was so powerful that you guys ended up turning into a blog post. Do I have that right? That's right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote from John O. I would say that I am now when I do that with my voice, that's me becoming. Right? It's just it's the craft. Okay. All right. I would say that I am now personally all in on DeFi. I say that because I believe it's going to meaningfully change the user experience for the positive and from a business standpoint, transform the economics of financial services. I believe that over the next five years we will be recognized as a DeFi business that has an ETF business. That's 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 pretty I mean it's a big saving. So you guys are a DeFi
2: company now. Well, this isn't marketing. He really believes this. No, this is the future. Yeah. Um, and we're and I, as we mentioned, digital assets. We're we're hiring. Um, there's probably there's over ten people focused just on digital assets. A lot of people are wearing two hats, but they're now focused on digital assets. Mike's been knows Ryan Louvar, who's our head of legal, who's working on all of our applications with the SEC, but now focused full time on digital assets. Will Peck was was made head of digital assets in the U.S. Right, nobody knows who these people are, but this is yes. top down. So, but so the. The focus is. It's hard to see it today because you see the ETFs. The we've talked publicly about having a Wisdom Tree wallet. We are going to tokenize a lot of different assets. Um, we've okay. we have a filing for a tokenized treasury, which is essentially helping bring cash to the crypto ecosystem. Okay, and and you could say, well, people have. Treasury funds today. Why are you going to mimic the yield of a treasury in token form? It's going to own, yeah, it's going to own treasuries, physical treasuries You're going to on pass the along, blockchain. Pass along the yield of those treasuries think to about, the token holders. Think about money market funds and all the fees they charge, and right. think about putting it on the blockchain. How costs can come out of the ecosystem, and people who are in the crypto ecosystem, who. Who, are, who look at some of the cash products today where you don't know the assets behind it. There's tether, do you want to say tether? You could just say it. Tether and others. Okay. Um, like, are they transparent with their assets? You will see the treasuries in the fund every day.
0: You can't be transparent if you're paying an 8% yield. Like, let's be honest with each other. You can't say what's in there. You either want the yield or you want the transparency.
2: You can't have both. Yeah, well, this is going to be traditional cash, right? So, or treasuries. Is, right, but, so you're not, paying, you're not paying a high... Yield on yes. No. This, is, a just, treasury this token. is just a treasury. This is U.S. treasuries. Okay. What's the rate? advantage of why, would, why hasn't in the, the token? government tokenized the treasury yet? Well, there's all sorts of studying of they. They, they eventually will. I mean, you, you, t- you see China talking about the central bank digital currency. There is a process studying central That's bank digital the dollar, currencies. But I'm everywhere. talking
0: about the treasury. Like, why wouldn't they have done that
2: yet? It seems
0: easy. The governments not, they are don't slow. know that there's a demand for governments
2: it. Governments are slow. I mean, that's why private enterprise will do it first. I think we will be first with treasuries on the blockchain. And uh, Let's let's talk about being first. I think in your space,
0: in ETF land, in asset management land, there is a huge premium for first in so many examples. Not yeah. always. So, all right, this is back to Jono. Said a different way. Wisdom Tree is in the business of transparent exposures, whether we're doing it in regulated tokens or 3TFs. I think they'll prove quite complementary. We are 30 years into ETFs, and yet the mutual fund industry is still very, very strong. I remain bullish on ETFs. But when I think about where Wisdom Tree stacks in the competitive set, we were early in ETFs, but we were 13 years after State Street and seven years after iShares. Here we have a chance to be first. Why is that so
2: important here? That point, the first mover gets – it's, it's hard – once you get awareness and these people start trading a certain instrument, it's hard to get off that. Why is the this, this spy – You become the conservative option, it, right? It would develops its own liquidity ecosystem that's sort of like a moat that once you know you're, – you're trading a certain ETF ticker, even though other things become the same thing but cheaper, it's hard to get people to trade the new ETF. So,
1: Jeremy, you're the global CIO. Congratulations, by the way, on that. Thank you. When,
2: when did they name you that? Just in the last few months.
1: So you obviously talked to a lot of. What people. were you? Wait,
2: what were you before? I was global head of research for the last. Uh, okay. Well, well. So did Siegel get demoted? <laughs> what? What is Siegel he is always a senior investment strategy advisor, so he's always been a consultant okay, to the firm. Dude, that's great. Congratulations. So you're Thank in you.
1: the room with people that control a lot of money. When you're talking about all this whole strange new world to people, do they laugh? Uh, like what, what? What's their reaction? Do they look at you like you have ten heads?
2: Not anymore. So it depends what world you're in. So like Tyrone and I were at an event in Austin with the with 20 different banking executives. That was executives. like
1: the Illuminati type stuff, it right? Was,
2: it was a really, you know, close circle table of a lot of senior banking executives. And for that world, it is like you're talking another world. Was like, Jamie Dimon laughing at you? They're not there. <laughs> um, but that it, it's, it's, it's- Who's uh, there? Like what level at the banks are there? Head of wealth management at a bunch of these banks. Okay, got it. And what are you – so you and Tyrone are jointly pre- presenting or you're just Talking both? crypto. We were both there. So the, okay. it was educate us on digital assets and the and where the, where the future is going. These banks don't have internal people doing that for them yet. It's, is it that early? It's far. It's far. So
0: it's Isn't unbelievable that, that like they don't have their own internal Here, – here's,
1: here's why in my opinion. It's not that they're asleep at the wheel necessarily, but their crown jewel is like trillions of dollars. And regulation is just not there yet for them to make a move.
0: I agree with that. I think that's one of the main reasons why when you go into that room.
1: Like, they'll get there, right? They they will will. obviously get there. They're going to be late, but whatever. They'll get there.
2: Yes. Is every question they ask about regulation it's when will the custodians be at a level up that that they are looking for i mean that and that and that's frankly some of the regulator questions on even the etfs is over the custodians and are they following the same protocols that they want from a 40 act perspective right. um and we 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 think it's getting there i mean we think gemini Dude, is there as long as they keep asking those as the questions it's still early
0: like i i don't see how this could top while the main players in the industry Haven't even are in. still preoccupied with like only the potential negatives. So this yeah.
1: is, this is, this is why I'm bullish. It doesn't forget about not forget about, but just hold aside the whatever libertarian bent, inflation hedge, all that sort of, you know, uh, zealotry type stuff for Bitcoin. Um, hold all that to side. It's just, in my opinion, a very simple matter of like demand. The demand is coming in a big way. And so it is possible that prices have mostly pulled that forward. That would be unusual for prices to top before all the demand comes in. I think Um, there's a
0: trillion. I think next year, another trillion dollars comes into crypto from wealth management. A trillion dollars? And institutional asset management. Yeah, I do. I think mutual fund money, hedge fund money, wealth management money. So About is it, a trillion is it pos-
1: bucks. all right? Let's just say that Josh is off by well, 3X. what is it now? It's two and a half. So let's say he's off by three x. Let's say a let's say three hundred billion comes in. Is it possible for all that money to come in and the price to go down? No. The I only th-
0: way prices go down is if you invent fifty more coins and it dilutes.
1: So, but here's the thing with with getting back to Bitcoin is that even if you think that Bitcoin is not the king in ten years, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's where the money is going today. Right when when new money comes into the space, they're buying Bitcoin. They're not buying uh, Ave or Uni or Su- whatever. They're buying Bitcoin. That's it. Who knows what you know what, what that's going to be in five years from now? But do you, do you agree with that? Well, it's the I'm easiest sure. one
2: to start. I mean, so there's retail who does all sorts of things. I'm right? saying an
1: investor's first dollar into the space. Where is that going?
2: What kind of investor though? Professional doesn't,
1: investor. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, institutional investor.
2: Okay. What do you think? It, it tends to be that path. It starts. I mean, my personal path would start with Bitcoin, then you go to Ether. That's all of, and it, that's then, all of us. And okay. then you do other things. It's Bitcoin
1: to Ethereum to whatever's yes. whatever's Now, but here's another th- thing that's that's important to mention. Like, all right,
2: what else you got? Yeah. All yeah. right, I'll take yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, it's, that's where the, the diversified index. Is. And then all these well. dollar coins
0: are like the pack of gum at the register. Like, yeah, you, give me one of those. You got a flat screen TV in your arms. You bring to the register, and then there's like. And then there's like, oh look, cool! I could just buy this five dollar thing also because. But it's but there. but
1: as amidst our bullish sentiment, I think we also have to uh, say that I'm not positive on anything in life. But uh, and I'm not positive on what I'm about to say. I'm I'm confident. I'm fairly confident that the cryptocurrency space will be bigger in the future than it is today. However, I'm much more confident that it will crash between now and then. Like if I had to say where – like if I had to place like varying levels of confidence, I'm much more confident that it will get cut in half Cra- to, from today's yeah. levels. It crashes every 18 months. Then the fact that it will be higher in 18
0: months. I
2: mean it just crashed 50% and it's already come
0: back. When did that happen? This spring?
1: It crashed with the meme stocks. It went It went from 60 to 30. Yes. But my point is – my point is – Oh, because of China or some shit? Elon. Oh, Elon sorry, started, Elon. Elon, then China. But my point is people – I don't think you should necessarily invest as if it's going to zero. That was cute. People used to say that. Um because it's not going to zero. However, you should invest as if it's going to get down 50, maybe 70%. Yes. Now, my personal opinion, that's just a good way to set like a realistic like position size so you don't go crazy. I personally think that the floor is higher given all of the demand that's coming online. So I think a 70% crash is unlikely. Um, But
0: but, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. Does that demand stay strong if there is a 50% crash? The
1: reason why I think it does is because these... These these uh, gigantic ships in the ocean have already turned. It's too late to go back. Who who
0: is that? JP Morgan. Just all of the institutional
1: money. Once they have committed, they have months and potentially years of board meetings to to make a decision. Once they decide, they're not going to get scared away. I don't think between uh, by a thirty percent correction.
0: Do you know about the crypto sprint? We get into this. Hold, hold on,
1: J- just just Jeremy. Do you agree? Do you do, like if prices fall thirty percent? Do you think everyone's be like, forget it, forget it, forget it? Like they know, they know it's crashes. They ho- I hope it does. There's,
2: there's all this stuff can be anecdotal, like what you hear, what your friends are doing. I mean, my brother got into Bitcoin before I got into Bitcoin, and he's like younger. He's not a stocks for long run guy. He holds Bitcoin. Like yeah. he's part of that new generation Bitcoin for the long run and guy. He is, and 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 you talk to him, and you know, I ask him. So, do you think the demand can ever peak? Like. Don't you think there's at some point all the buyers are it, and then there's who are the additional buyers? I'm this holding, is your brother talking, or are you? I'm asking the question. Got it, got it, got it. I'm saying like, so is there what a does point he do for a living? He's a, he's been a tech guy, yeah. So he's been he was early in internet marketing, and 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 now he's you know he's doing retired a, a platform <laughs> in re, real estate, um, but he's, right. he does, he likes crypto. Okay, so how does he answer that question? He 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 thinks it's gonna he just long term bullish. Like there's no wavering of any falls. He's Long-term, builders.
1: so th- a lot of. I mean, you saw who did this paper. Was it was it Bitwise that compa- uh, somebody did compared it to the internet, the early years of the internet? I can't remember. Maybe it was great. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, and they think that like this is the new financial system is being built right now. Well, it is very similar to the
0: early days of the internet. The difference is you could not invest in HTTP or SM- SMTP, the the mail protocol, or you know Java. If you wanted to invest in Java as a programming language, you had to buy some microsystems. If you wanted to invest in HTTP, you had to buy Netscape. Like there were corporations on top of these protocols. And now the protocols are naked and open source. The bet that you're making is that more people are going to use this protocol, which will lead to more total value locked, which will lead to higher market cap. Yeah. That's not an unreasonable bet, but you have to get your mind around, hey, these f-ing coins don't have CEOs. They have, what? Well, here's what they have. They have a network or a community of people that believe in them. They have developers working with them, but in the end, it's a little bit like investing directly in a, in, a, in a protocol. Like no, literally. Like, well, literally.
1: So a lot. So yeah, decentralization is not is not the answer for for everything.
2: And, and and not every coin is the same, right, so bitcoin is different than ethereum and so Bitcoin is more of this alternative to gold, the fixed supply the new i think i think of it as the millennials' inflation hedge and the digital gold oh here's he i'm sorry sorry here's here's what I was
1: gonna say it's not just institutional demand for the for the coins and the tokens that's coming in a big way it's the venture capital money that is absolutely flooding into the space i think yeah. it, to build things based on it to build things so Forget about what we say. And not that you should take anybody's word for gospel, but Mark Andreessen has a pretty good track record for being ahead of the curve with this sort of stuff. He wrote about uh, Bitcoin in 2014 in the New York Times. I laughed when I read it. I'm an idiot. Um, But all of these people that are committing serious dollars, and when you hear the people, like I was listening to a Bankless podcast today, and one of the co-founders of Polygon was on, this dude is from whoever knows where he's from, uh, somewhere in Eastern Europe. I couldn't understand a word he was saying, not because of his accent. That's
0: so bullish, by the way, because, when that happens.
1: But because he was talking in computer language, and that's not my language. Yeah. But you follow – Chris Dixon said follow the engineers. And all of the smartest people are going to the space. And that has what – that is what has me more excited. Forget about the price. Um, but that alone is – should tell you something.
0: Where do you get your information from on uh – on uh tokens, crypto, etc. Like what are your news sources?
2: I mean, it's hard to go away from Twitter as a starting point even. Yeah, <laughs> that's to be one of our no topics. problem doing <laughs> that. So Packy? I hear you. Packy.
1: Mario Gabriel, A16Z, Bankless. Yep. That's where I that's what I listen to. Yeah. And read. Uh,
2: so I I a lot of it I've been starting it starts just uh Wait, are
1: you on chain? Like what what are, what are you doing? <sighs> what am I doing? I don't know. Like what, where where do you get your news from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on Twitter. I'm still a Twitter guy. Okay. Well, Jeremy's got a digital assets team. That's yes. true. My team is on Twitter.
0: That's true. Fair enough. You have a decentralized team, though. So in many ways, you're ahead of him. Not right? to brag. Right. You have a Dow, and he doesn't. Right? Uh,
2: all right? right. You know about this crypto sprint thing? So the regulators are trying to come together. I mean, yes. you see the – even with ETF filings, um, it got rejected. But there was some uh, a commissioner who wanted to – we review those kind of things. And so the regulars are trying to come together. Um, this is last
0: Tuesday. U.S. financial regulators on Tuesday released an interagency policy agenda for regulating cryptocurrencies as discussions unfold about how to provide oversight for the booming market. The so-called crypto sprint, as officials call it, sketches out a to-do list for 2022 that will offer crypto players more clarity on the rules of the road. Who's in it? Federal Reserve, FDIC, Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, or OCC, uh, and probably several other agencies. But they are—they're going to start making rules next year. The shit is not going away. They understand that, and they now I feel like they're going to stop suing people and maybe start like deciding where the potential for harm is to consumers or whatever, and focusing on that versus. Closing their eyes and hoping it disappears—is that the way you guys see it?
2: Well, it'd be it'd be nice if they approved the ETF of physical Bitcoin. No, we don't want that now. We have a, we have an SMA strategy. We're fine now. Well, that's—I mean—I think it's gonna be a long time before these thirteen assets are approved in any traditional form. I sure. Mean, it's, so it's for sure, for sure not. But you want to see them come around? I mean, you don't. I I think that they approved a futures product, which has more—I think—more issues in many ways than the physical product.
0: Yeah we it, it, it's, di-
2: it's different issues, but m- I, in my view, more issues. Like, I think it's worse issues. But, you know, obviously, they have their concerns about the regu- the custodians and, and all sorts You guys things. don't do futures-based uh, ETPs, do. or you do? We have a commodity. Uh, in fact, we actually were, before the 100% futures were launched, we had a commodity fund, GCC, where we added a 3% position to Bitcoin. We were the first to do that, mm. but not by a lot. So we were, like, a, a Did few Did that days. take off? Did a lot of people buy that? Um, the fund has done better. Um I would not say it's "quote unquote" taken off, but it has a you know it's it's been Kamais have been good this year, so the fund has done well this year. Um, but it's nice that we were the first to have the Bitcoin futures, and we're looking to add it to other futures based products. How well. close
1: are the futures tracking the uh, spot?
2: You know the correlations will be extremely high. It's got the long the, directionally. It's, it's there. the long term where the compounding of right. the contango is the killer. And so the cost of that futures curve, whatever that future curve cost is, is what will drag away slowly what over if the, time. But what if
1: the slope of the curve changes to investors' it, benefit? Well, then it could What, be, would, what would have to happen in, for that to happen?
2: That people become bearish about the future and that there's Out no leverage. Out of contango in into it.
0: backwardation? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Uh, does, that, does that typically last
2: – does backwardation in a market last? It can happen. I and mean, people used to talk about commodities as being naturally backwardated. And right yeah. now, With oil, oil, markets, be, right? oil, because there's so much demand for the physical and less demand for the out, the storage thing. Right. I, it, so the, there's always a scenario where it could happen. So if everybody all of a sudden needs to use bit,
0: Bitcoin, like actually use it for something, there might be more demand for it now and there would be for futures that are six months or a year. Dated. Well, the other
1: thing is financialization always messes with commodity prices. And if yes. we're calling Bitcoin a commodity, whatever, you can argue about it. But like, there's always funky stuff that happens.
0: Uh, Fidelity announces spot Bitcoin ETF in Canada. This is now the largest asset manager, $11 trillion company. Now the largest asset manager to have a crypto fund. Um, Fidelity's ETF is called the Fidelity Advantage Bitcoin ETF F or FBTC is the ticker. It will directly obtain physical Bitcoin, meaning the fund will buy actual Bitcoin rather than acquire it through a derivative instrument. When you saw this
2: news, were you like, "That's a big deal"? Or there's already Canadian Bitcoin? A ETFs. lot of stuff in Canada. I mean, we have baskets in Europe that now have things like Solana in it. Like we launched that this week. And okay. So, so there, European but that's just, is that a big signal that when somebody when Fidelity does something?
0: That that's got to be like meaningful to to. People at Wisdom Tree look at that and say, "Okay,
2: something big just happened." Or no, um, you like F- those guys? No, I mean, it's it's standard that a lot okay. of people are going to come into this space. Um, and now it's really the regulators today that's the things that you want to see movement on. It's more well, or less-
1: are, so there was like a deluge of filings of crypto ETFs recently in the last like two months or so, and some of them are, are being pulled.
2: Um, so the SEC commented on a on on a recent application. They rejected it. We are we have the next application under review. Um, so this month Good we have a, that. We have an application under <laughs> review. We, we <laughs> I know, I'm sure it's going to work. Yes. Go on for what spot? For spot Bitcoin. And um, you know we have. I hope you didn't spend a lot of time on that. They spent a lot of time on that. W- what comes
1: <sighs> first, futures, futures, ETH or spot, B- spot Bitcoin? Very wait, tough wait, wait, wait. to
2: predict.
0: Why is your spot? Bitcoin ETF application different than the ones that have been
2: rejected already. There's all sorts of nuances. It comes down, the, and the, he doesn't and know. The, the team is working, <laughs> and, <laughs> and even more, there's gonna be more changes to improve them for in the short future. Okay. Um, but it, it, the question is, what are can you can you get to the SEC's and Gensler's concerns and some of its custodians, some of its other things, um, and so we're working to. Be the first.
1: Eddie Alfenbein taught me a valuable lesson. If there's a question that you can't answer, here's, here's the answer. It's very technical. You probably wouldn't understand. <laughs> Does
0: that work? Not, <laughs> of course not. In my, that. It that doesn't work in my house. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Hold on. No no ETF issuer can answer the issue that Gensler has because manipulation, the right? underlying That's, is the problem.
1: He's worried about manipulation in the in the Bitcoin market? Uh, it's hard to pinpoint. Opacity,
0: concentration, Manipulation. Everything that a regulated regulated
2: exchange. So the question is: the futures are under the you know, CFTC, right. and who, so they know there's is there a regulated exchange that trades the crypto? So that's that may be forever, right? So that's where you, like these things may be a long time before yeah. they're approved.
1: Stocks like games like a uh, GameStop, uh, AMC. There's never manipulation. What, the what are the
2: exchanges? Wait a minute. Well, okay. So what are the
0: exchanges that are most likely? to be deemed by the regulators as acceptable in the way that the, c- the CME is. Coinbase is it- Ge- and Gemini. Can they get but there? C- but so they're brokerages and exchanges. So that tells me that that might be tougher, even though they're big and they're very good at what they do. Yes. So that might be part of the issue. Are there any pure exchanges that like might be deemed as – like FTX is a broker and an exchange. Uh, Kraken
1: is a broker and an exchange. How long could they fight this for? Long time. Good. What if they said- It's, it's bullish for the RWM Wisdom Tree crypto yeah, index. Yeah, that's, that's fine. We <laughs> are
2: very <laughs> bullish
0: on that index. It would be nice if we could be the only game in town for a little while. All right. I want to get away from all this crypto stuff. Is there anything left to say on this? Are we very excited to be working together, more I importantly? We can't be
2: more excited. I think this is going to be amazing. Dude, it's, it's
0: I- us. It's Wisdom Tree. It's Tyrone. It's Gemini. I don't know if they like us that much. They will. <laughs> Uh, But we don't know them that well. But it's fun to build something, I think, with people that you respect from other parts of the industry. And, like, we contributed our wealth management knowledge. You guys did an amazing job with the index stuff uh, and the research and Tyrone's team crushed it on I'm the I'm so, the so, so excited.
1: So, and I just want to say, just before we leave this topic, I'm still buying st- all stocks all the time every two weeks in my 401k. Yeah, Shots we're not stocks.
0: We're not like pivoting to crypto. So we are- Still love my stocks. We are stock and bond investors who are adding. Is that the right way to put it? Yeah, we're
1: try to fight people.
0: We're not like Jeremy, who's going to tokenize his whole life. We're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're going <good. gonna> to tokenize <laughs> treasuries and gold <laughs> and other things in our life, actually. This guy's tokenizing up a storm. All right, I want to pivot. Is 2021 going to be looked at as the year that China became uninvestable?
1: No,
2: no. I think yes. God, it, it, I, I understand the, the argument. Um, yeah, and and John Orsio would would agree with you. Um, you guys don't have China exposure. You have to. Well, you had, you had we the, have some big China exposure. State yeah. owned, we stayed on. We on that. our second largest fund of the firm is XSOE, which is. And and we have a China version of that. Um, so XSOE is thirty percent plus in China. Because you have to, you're trying to track that that market. emerging markets without yeah, yeah. the state Fair. owned.
1: When is Wisdom Tree buying uh, Perth's uh, fund?
2: I'm a big fan of Perth. You, you could have had that. I've, you could have had that fund for much less You know than you're I'm a big now. fan of Perth yeah. and and that concept. And she's maybe the only other person focused on the ex state owned concept. And so shout out to her. and What and is ex-state owned? You built indexes that remove the companies that you believe are government controlled.
0: LOL, they all are. We we found out this year. But the idea is we don't want to own the state-owned bank. We don't want to own the state-owned utility. We, we want to own enterprises. Right. When well, we
2: created this seven years ago and you know we were traditionally going back to my Siegel roots. And, Shit, sure, and we're getting Jonathan, old. That was value, seven years ago? Yes. Value investors, right? So high dividends had, and I remember sitting in a meeting with a Large pension in Texas, and the pension in Texas said, eight of your top ten holdings are Gazprom, Petrobras, China Construction Bank, all these state banks and energy companies. They said, what is the impact of the state on that? And I said, that's a great question. And they said, I, who are the state – because besides looking at the top ten, you know eight of the ten are state companies. Who are the rest? Yeah, you own Putin's gas station. You you <laughs> own right? – China's, own, yes, all of them. You own President Xi's uh, uh, bank. Like wh- yes. what else is – Right, OK. So – I went back. Nobody had done the work. There was no index. There was no bass. You couldn't even find a data provider. So my team went through like the 800 companies in, in the broad index and made a classification. Are they state owned or not? And okay. so we were the first to do that and then we created the index. And at the time, it was when Alibaba wasn't even an MSCI index. And so wow. we were going to be the first. We And that's one of the reasons why we've. Added good value over the broad MSCI was we were the first to own China tech in, in a major way. You,
0: if you're underweight the state-owned enterprises, then by definition you will be overweight Chinese tech. Essentially, so and no banks was energy, great. Energy, and was and that was a great thing to be overweight.
2: Yes. Okay.
0: Not anymore this year. So what's like? Look, we're, we talked to uh, Brendan Ahern at, yes. at Crane Shares, and like we get all the perspectives. Yeah. What does John O see about China that it sounds like I also see? that makes me feel like something may have permanently
2: changed. Solve the Chinese issue, if, if you would, in the next three minutes. No, but, like, what we, is he saying? We have a, we have somebody on my team, Li Chen Ren, who I met through West Gray. Jewish? Um, she <laughs> okay. grew up in China, has okay. 20 family members there. So she is real on the ground. I think she's done the single best commentary on what's happening, the the narrative versus what she sees happening on the ground reality. Okay. And so, you know, she's – I mean – now you know she's from China, so she probably has a a a a slant there, but she th- thinks it's overblown what's happening in the China tech names. Now there's this other question of the investability and the uncertainty, right? So the growth rates are high; these companies are going to continue growing. The, okay. So the valuations are if if they if they play by the by the new rules, they'll yes, keep growing. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, Here's why I'm asking this question. <laughs> it's a huge part of MSCI now,
2: over thirty percent. Right, and that just happened in the last three years. I mean, I was looking at it earlier this year. Even after it was down 50, it was still basically ahead of the S&P. There's not many markets that have been able to keep up with the S&P. That ex-state-owned enterprise for China had beaten for a long time. Yeah. And even after it fell, it was still ahead.
1: I feel like could something could something be permanently uninvestable? I guess it could be. Look what I mean,
2: ha- when Siegel hears that, Siegel says that's why he's buying now. Like yeah, he, right? Like Isn't he, that like he, the, when people say it's uninvestable, that was energy last year. Russia, Russia Russian stocks in 2014? But 2014. there are certain
0: markets that have always been – Uninvestable doesn't mean they can't be a good trade. Yeah. But it's two different things. So, r- to your point, Russian stocks. I'm looking yeah, at right now. Yeah, they rallied. And then what? Did you stay with them? So, I'm not saying nobody should have China exposure, but I'm saying like you probably want to get that from an ETF and not be an individual
1: wow. shareholder in a Chinese wow, company. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Remember Russian stocks? Yeah. Look at, I mean, massive, massive, massive run since they were uninvestable. Massive run.
0: Right. Okay. So I heard somebody say- Like a triple,
1: like a triple. So I heard somebody say good things
0: have a habit of happening to cheap stocks or whatever. So maybe, okay. But so- So that's my point. At at, at some price, everything has value. The ramifications though of having a market this big now going through this reform, which I get why they want to do this. They they don't want to have what we have here. They don't want Jeff Bezos, right? Like, Like, let's just say what it is. They don't want Elon Musk- they don't want people who could become more powerful than the government, right, for obvious reasons. So now what do you do if you're invested in China tech? You know that these companies are now going to be limited at how big they could get, how successful they could be. How big of a problem is that?
2: Well, the growth rates, I think, are still are going to be above the rest of the broad emerging markets. They still have a huge consumer base. They're, stu- they're If you say who can compete with U.S. tech, I I couldn't put another country who compete with U.S. tech the way China tech is competing and where AI is going. What drives AI is data. So they have more data and sharing more data amongst all these companies than anybody. And so there is a thesis of why China tech can compete with U.S. tech and be the only place that can compete with U.S. tech. And so I don't think they're trying to make these – they know that these companies are sort of very important for China's long-term development. We don't think they're trying to make them all go out of business. Um, there was real issues with Alibaba and Ant, where Ant was really it was getting fin it was getting fintech valuations, but it was a bank, like yeah. and so it's like they had to be regulated like a bank, and so it, it had and so the IPO they timelines was syste- they were, it was systemic systemically important too. A lot of stuff happening where they they there wasn't lending and there wasn't like the consumer credit card market here like we have here, and what they were doing. Um, through Alipay and all the other lendings. There there was some real stuff going on there. They needed to get under control. Right. Um,
1: Let's talk about something. Let's talk about investable tech. Let's talk about Twitter. <laughs> right. Josh's favorite company. So, Josh, yesterday you and I were talking about Twitter and th- why they don't know anything about you. I like you. the company. I hate the stock. Is that fair? Why they don't. Why, why they, they don't. Why they like don't. The why they, yeah, he loves it. Why they don't know anything about you. Our friend Brian Portner tweeted No Twitter algorithm. I do not want to follow Bank of America. <laughs> <laughs> that really is. I mean, we're not going to really
0: get into this whole thing again, but like I, that really is a bigger problem than no, whoever the CEO let, is. Let's run it back. Well, no, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I feel like it's, it sucks that they have to be compared to Facebook and, and, and Google and some of these companies because then it's never going to be that. And maybe it's healthier. My point was the for the, the investor class to just get over that. The
1: advertising algorithm is so broken. Just based on – even if you're a, just a lurker, right, and you don't tweet whatever, but you follow certain accounts, maybe you like a few tweets. Like just based on that alone, they should know something about you and they yeah. seem to not know anything. We, I mean
2: we've spent money on Google and we've tried on other things and Twitter had some issues for, for some time. But I think it's getting better is what I've heard. Well,
0: you're a good user of the platform. You don't seem to be in fights with people. You seem to derive a lot of great information from it. It's because he's not a billionaire yet. You're good. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm I'm
2: surprised that I haven't been attacked more on Twitter for some reason. I guess maybe this will get called. Stick around. Keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I feel like you,
0: from what I remember, you seem to be using it right. You're not in people's faces all day. You have like a real job and a real life. Um, When you're on there, it's about the thing that you're interested in, which is markets. And yoga. No, but I do like, some yoga, yeah. fine, but but that's what you're interested yeah. in. Like you in other words, you're not on there trying to instigate fights to build your following. That's not what you're doing. So you use it very well.
2: I, I so. probably am on it too much. I do share. I do share <laughs> a between. lot. A lot of teams. We have. We use Teams for our communication. I'm sharing Twitter links with. Our legal people updates. I find a lot of information, a lot of ETF people are really good Mike and Twitter. Ben
0: are, are very, still very involved with Twitter. And a lot of the information I get is from them sharing links, yeah. honestly. And I, it's fine with me. I, I honestly couldn't do the podcast without Twitter. It's a good filter for me, like yeah. seeing stuff on our Slack channels that people are talking about. On I,
1: I I was shocked to learn that the product that was born on Twitter is up to almost a billion dollars. That's crazy. Yep,
2: yeah, We, um I mean, it's sort of infamous now. T- talk about that. So um the the product is tickers NTSX. Uh this is an ETF that you guys launched.
1: Ninety sixty.
2: It, the original name had ninety sixty the name. What's the it st- now? Structure is we called it, we rebranded it US efficient core because the ninety sixty was throwing people off. Uh, the ninety sixty balance fund, it just was not as 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 strong of a name. Okay. But the the original conversation was Corey Hofstein was in Barron's talking about the innovation in ETS needed Shots to Corey. be capital efficiency. That there needed to be more things that that made your money work harder, essentially. And then a few people and people have been doing this in active form, mutual fund form, using active bonds and. has done that f- this forever. Yes, and and Double Line also has done it with Schiller's index. So there's been people who've done this kind of stuff, and but nobody did it for beta. So nobody did it for the S and P plus a bond a bond ladder, and so. Basically, a few people on Twitter, uh, anonymous gentleman, Jake, as well as uh, I love Jake, non related sense NRS. And he, they were talking and, and basically said, Somebody launched this, and I was on there watching and seeing the conversation, and I kept bringing it back. So that's one of those tweets you send to your team internally this is an amazing idea. And, and so, what do
0: you do then? You DM Corey and Jake and non related sense, and you're like, This idea, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal it. And I'm gonna make it.
2: Well, we started working on it. I brought it back Did to my you team. Asked them to help. Um, I had their <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Did you I mean, I started, it was loyalty for them. the The information was on Twitter. Okay. We we had conversations. How I got does feedback. Jake not
1: work for Wisdom Tree?
2: It's a great question. I've I've tried to make that call at some points in time. Um, I would like him to work at Wisdom Tree. Um, he's so he's so bright. And cle- I've tried. And clever and So the idea, bright, the idea behind- Right that, time, right place. Maybe it happened in the future.
1: The yeah. idea behind ninety sixty is you invest a dollar and you get for that 90 cents worth of S&P and 50 cents worth of bonds such that you can put 66 cents of every dollar that you invest yes. into this and you've got 34 cents left to, to play, play with.
2: Yes. R- R- Corey's now got a paper called Return Stacking that he and I did a podcast on. He's all over on the Return Stacking paper. Um, and I like that phrase also, where it, it's another way of describing leverage, right? But you're getting this that your your money's working harder, and the idea is you reduce stocks, you reduce bonds, and then you can do other
1: things. So that's the part that bothers me. I love the idea in theory. It's the other 34 cents that scares me. What are you going to do with it? what are you? What are Let's doing say you that, put right? it in cash. If you just put it in cash, you now have cash you can spend. Fair. Right? Fair. So, but the, but people, you could do a lot of. Silly things, if you feel like you've got some free, you know, thirty four percent to play with. But I get it, I get it. In theory, had, it's a great idea.
2: You had the alternatives, allocators edge last week with Phil. Um, some, those kind of strategies are, I think, what is meant for. It's like these diversifiers that give you uncorrelated streams. It could,
1: um, if 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 that can be responsibly implemented, you could do really how you your, do really
2: clever things with what it. What environment
0: does efficient core not do well in? If you had to guess.
2: If if, if
1: bonds go down and drag stocks down with them. If
2: you're using it appropriately, it's all about what else did you do with the money? Because if you're using it— Okay, assume I bought NFTs. Well, they don't want to NFTs too. Right? They better be non correlated, so, I'll tell you right if, now. I mean, you could do it versus 100% equities, but that's not what I would do. Like, you could swap okay. an SP 500 and use this, but now you're just adding bond futures, right? You're just levering up bonds. You're lowering your equity risk. Instead of $100, you have $90 of equities, and you're adding the $60 of bond futures. So it's just a bet on bonds if you're selling the SP and buying it. Okay, but so correlated bond and stock markets is not great for this as yes but you you if you're ever a investor right. it's not great for you either great, it's, so it's no different it's just what else are you doing with the freed up capital but
1: 900 million dollars do you know where that money's coming from that's a lot of money it's amazing
2: um three it's only three years out and so this year it's it's grown 400 million this year so what it's, are you, it's, what are you it's benchmarking it against the 40 the s and the S&P. i know but like what are you what should you really benchmark it against
1: Sh- is that it is beta
2: for S&P 90% and 60% bond futures.
1: Okay. It is that.
2: That is, you know, so it's going to give you that return. Okay.
1: By the way, how does that all happen inside of an ETF? We take in it $100. It like it's, of- it's,
2: it's technical. You wouldn't no, understand. No, it's easy. It's <laughs> <Do> bond. <laughs> it. you, you really are a, a funny battle. guy. Yeah. <laughs> how about that? It's five bond futures. It's very simple. It's five bond futures that, you know, and they're almost equally weighted. So it's like 12% in five different bond futures. and essentially S&P 500-like. It's not the S&P, but it's 500 largest stocks by market cap. It's our own universe. And for every 100, we get $90 of that. Okay. I, can hear the, I could hear the listeners committing suicide. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right. But we're talking about Twitter. So, okay. I agree. There's really smart people on there. Um, just most people on there aren't. And there are a lot of people that are on there who are not trying to help you build your next billion-dollar ETF. So that, to me, is is – Look, that's endemic to every social network. It's not just Twitter issue. Yeah. Um, but a lot of smart
1: people. All right. Would So could you think of a worse CEO job? Oh, my God. Square just changed its name to Block. Why? Who has time for this? Because Jack Dorsey. I swear to God. I'm calling it Square. <laughs> <laughs> the Block. I, 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 all of a sudden, I just got bullish on, on Block. Okay. I can see why. Could you think
0: of a worse job than being the CEO of Twitter? Like, I can't blame him. For being like, you know what? I don't want to fight with the next president. I don't want to do any of this shit. I don't want to deal with terrorism. I literally just want to do Bitcoin. That's basically what happened here, right? It's much, much, of a much better dynamic. Okay, Kathy Wood just bought a whole bunch of Twitter. Uh, you guys talk. You guys talked to her. You ever, you ever meet her before? I have. All right. What do you, I'm imp- very impressed by her. What do you think? She's assembled an amazing track record. Because um, she's using Twitter the same way you are. She's pulling a ton of information out of there. She's hiring out of there. I, I would like to do more of that um, for sure. Okay. Uh. All right. So we're, we're going to move off of Twitter. What are we doing next? I got lost in the dock. Oh, the last thing. I think we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Uh, does Wisdom Tree have a take on the taper, whether or not it's something that investors really have to focus that much on? Because that seems to have been the biggest story of this week. And I'm sure Jeremy did a whole bunch of media on it. I didn't see him. Yeah, we
2: s- we started there a little bit that um, we've been saying the, that we've been saying there's going to be this Powell pivot that – and and Siegel has been saying could be a 10 percent correction because it wasn't priced in. I'm curious when we talk on Friday – if he's going to say now, now it's out there, and that was the pricing in. You are still seeing. You have stocks that are down fifty percent. You, you see- don't. You don't have a ten percent stock market correction, but you have huge mega, corrections. Those mega growth stocks have really sold off. So, oh yeah. So the big where the far out cash flows matter. There's been this huge rotation. And and that's what you expect. You expect the short, sort of shorter-duration stocks, of the higher dividends, where the cash flow today, be less impacted by rising rates. But it has been a dramatic repression. So has there been enough pain then? If they hit the growth stocks that they should have hit,
0: if, if there's going to be – forget about a faster taper, taper period. If they hit the,
2: – is it enough? The, They've really become more aggressive on pricing in the rising rates. So the, the, the bond market, the futures market, is doing a lot of that. Um, right. I think they're going to be wrong. I think they're going to be disappointed. I don't think Powell's in a rush to taper.
0: I don't know. I'm Jeremy, just ge- let me, I'm just guessing. Let me
1: ask you about this. I, the, speaking of Twitter, Balchun has tweeted this today. Um, I don't know who this person is. Ryan Uh Ryan, do you know Ryan? He's the head of our – well, he does a lot of the client solutions for model portfolios with us. Okay. So he just tweeted – this shocked me. He tweeted, total model portfolio assets have hit record levels this year. At 4.9 trillion dollars, up from 3.8 trillion during the same period in 2020, 4.9 trillion dollars in model portfolios, that's like, that's like truly a shocking model number portfolios to where that advisors use.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, that's your world. Does, does that sound like a gigantic number to you? The th- for us, we've been investing in the model portfolios for a while. I, I, I was telling
2: you before that we hired this the, the dynasty CIO Scott Welsh to be our CIO um, We've done things like Siegel branded model portfolios that are now on now on platforms like Merrill and can, yeah just, can
1: you just explain this to the to the listener that doesn't know how this works? Forever people would come to us and
2: say, You have 60 ETFs. How do I put them together into a portfolio? And like so we started call it 2013. Oh, like you guys have the products, but how do I construct the portfolio it, out of these pieces? Yes. So like it's like we put, you know, basically an asset allocation grid. Here's the US US foreign, US developed EM, where in the bond market would you be positioned? And we're not just using Wisdom Tree ETS. It's an open architecture platform where it is. And, it, and it's very open architecture. Some models are as low as 30%. Some are higher, depending on the model. Income models were more because we like, we're pretty good at dividends. Now, the
0: compliance departments at Merrill Lynch, for example, love this because you are giving the financial advisors the structure to not
2: destroy a client. And we basically. have a Siegel longevity model there. <laughs> like he's got his new 6040. It's a 7525. And okay. we built it with him. And he and I, we, Work on the S allocation and figure out what you And, then, and, he, so, so and for, then he probably does like ongoing commentary for the advisors and, that he uses.
1: And so for example, like you'll say that you could be 30% of a portfolio love where where Wisdom Tree shines, you'll have your products. But for something as simple as like plain vanilla, large cap yep. US beta, maybe you'll use the cheapest out there, Fidelity, Vanguard, whatever. Yeah.
2: We'll use even we'll use Vanguard high dividend funds when they're appropriate. So we have a few so Vanguard. Are you guys high one divins. of So are you guys one of the bigger players in model portfolios? We're we're definitely growing fast. Um so, Who's uh, the is it black? Uh, black as, yeah. As always. Sure. I mean, we are, we've done well on the TD model center. I think it'd be surprising. I mean, we're one of the bigger ones in that platform. Um, And, and I think we've just been added to Merrill and Morgan in the last called 12 to 24 months. So it's pretty and new. Historically, they have not been big on ETFs. So I'm, that, this is what has me most excited about a core you? business.
1: Is that you? Like, what's that process like of getting on those platforms? Well this one is a
2: I mean when you're going to a platform it's from John o., Siegel myself the models team. you guys have a lot of like uh firepower it's a big t- I mean that's an important platform a like a Merrill and Morgan big platform yeah. but trillions of dollars so so those platforms you are bringing everybody um and, and a check and stop that <laughs>
0: so no so I was I was talking to I was talking to my friend Joe Terranova and he was saying I'm not on the Wirehouse platforms but like my fan base are the wirehouse guys. They Tough. love me. I love them. I meet with them all the time. I fly around the country. It's like eventually, I will get on those wirehouse platform. And I think he just got a big one. Um, but it
2: took, you know, he launched his ETF a year ago. So I mean, it took that, him a year, and they and they said you, you might have to wait three years. Active funds are harder than index funds. Yeah. I mean, and and each platform is different. They each have different fifty million, hundred million, different trading requirements. And some of them you think are like, why is that a requirement? That that's not. The whole point of ETF solves some of the requirements, but the it's it's gatekeeper standard gatekeeper, I and mean, that's why I love the RA community. Is you all do your diligence and you can figure out is it the right fund for your clients.
1: So when does Twitter change our name to Chain? Ooh,
2: I like that. I was gonna say I was gonna say Stream.
0: Stream seems like under underused. Uh, Where are we going? All right, no, we're done. We're gonna yeah. do favorites and and we're gonna we're gonna five
1: twelve. Uh, we're gonna oh, go It's out, been an hour.
0: We're, we're gonna get out of here. All right, so I i i have a problem i i'm like a, i'm like a beetle maniac i watched 12 hours of the, i watched the whole thing the get back documentary did you watch it this i feel like this is something that you would watch you look yeah, like no, john it's, Lennon.
2: it's totally right up my alley but i i haven't watched it yet
1: i, 80, saw, I saw half of the first episode it's unbelievable you, you like i can't take anymore or you no no it? no i'm gonna finish it it's 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 unbelievable it's, it's nuts who's who's your favorite Beatle? i'm just curious.
0: Uh I, I would I would probably after watching the documentary, I probably would've I probably would have said George Harrison my whole life, but now I'm Paul. Really? Okay. Because he's a leader and I get what he's trying to do. And as the documentary goes on, you're gonna start to feel bad for him because it's Im- No spoilers. No, I'm oh, super it's not a spoiler, excited. it's history. But okay. like when Brian Epstein died, who basically was running the group, like discovered them, put them on, got all their deals done, there was this power vacuum. And Lennon was fing out to lunch with with Yoko and couldn't be bothered. So Paul basically had to be be the asshole. But if he wasn't, like the last three albums, arguably three of the top ten albums oh, so that, would never have come so out. So that's
1: your excuse. Paul was an asshole? No, he had to be.
0: Somebody has somebody has to say, guys, stop smoking dope. We gotta record three more songs this week. Like somebody has to do It's that. weird.
1: It's weird watching them make music. Like Did you real-time. watch any of this?
2: You a music guy or not? Not crazy, a little bit, but uh, I'm, I, I can't say on the on uh, pop culture. Okay, I'm not your best. Your Yoko best looked. Yoko
1: looked very like uninterested or disinterested.
0: Uh, the whole thing is nuts. She she can't be separated from John for a second, and I think John wanted it that way. So she's sitting next to him. They're writing like the greatest songs ever written. Literally, they sh- they have the footage of them trying to figure out the next chord, and she's sitting there rolling a joint. She's or too reading cool for a newspaper. School.
1: <laughs> it's, it, a lot of this thing is surreal, but it's all true. Did you watch did you watch the DMX documentary?
0: Not yet. Not, you going like What? The the Ringer
1: one? Yeah. Not yet. I haven't watched any of those. Okay. The the Alanis was very good. This is very good. Um they made this before he so they made this before he died.
0: What, the DMX
1: one? Like, they got him out of jail. Yeah. And they were making it, and obviously we know he passed, but like
0: uh, I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred. I mean, you're gonna love it.
1: it. It was very heavy. in, right, a, good what, way, in what, a good way. What
0: do you got for us? What should we be reading or listening to or watching? Fact sheets.
1: What's your favorite fact what's sheet? Your, what's the
2: hottest <laughs> fact
0: sheet on your desk I right didn't
2: now? Put something on there. I
0: I I, I um. What do you okay. What do you do when you're not reading about uh, equities and bonds and? Jeremy texted me at four,
1: four twelve this morning. Are you really up at four twelve? You texted me at four twelve. I, I
2: was not. To be honest, but I the, 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 all the work we've been, been jamming knows. on. Yeah. Um, it's been. I don't know. Maybe that's what's keeping me up the last few weeks, but. I've not been sleeping as well as I used to.
0: Tell us about Florida and, and uh and we'll make that your favorite. How excited oh are my you God. to get out of here?
2: I was down there for a week over Thanksgiving. We'll be there for two weeks. Um we go down there, my fa- all of our families are my brother. What brothers do you like are, about it so much? You like seeing your bit, family or wait. the beach? What do you So like? I, my my plan in Florida was when I was there, every morning around seven would walk down to the beach, take an hour walk, sit on the couches by the beach. How old are your kids? Six and nine. There ice.
0: yeah, you could do that. Okay. There it's been great. What's what's going on? <laughs> what did I miss? Nothing. I, I was oh. just uh Duncan and I were just having having eyes. Having a moment. All right. Duncan, I think we're gonna wrap up. How do we do? Should we should we do the whole thing one more time or do you feel like we got it?
1: Yeah, it's you can never
2: be too safe.
0: Yeah. All Wait, right. so what's in the index? So we'll wrap up and we'll do <laughs> it. tell us about the end. listen, if you wanna learn more about this thing that Jeremy and Tyrone and Michael and the and, team and the whole team. Uh, and all, a ton of work has gone into this. If you want to learn more, go to widholtwealth slash digital. Uh, you guys will put up a page, I'm sure, at yes, some point. Do you absolutely. know what the URL is? Or not yet? All right, we'll we'll link to it when we have it. Uh, thank you so much for coming in today, Jeff. Fun. My pleasure. Thank right. you. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: what is it like working with Michael Batnick? Should we spend like another thirty minutes on that? Or okay, all right. Listen, everybody did a great job on today's show. John, great job. Duncan, great job. Very proud of you. You know, I am for the latest in financial blog or fashion. Don't forget. I don't shop.com dot com for your favorite trader this holiday season or investor.
1: Oh, we need a page Vicks uh, sweatshirt. I need a hoodie.
0: I don't know if we're going to do that. There's a hoodie shortage. We already can't get enough hoodies for the other thing. So, so it's I know. Thanks, it's a Powell. Thanks, Powell. The- no, thanks, Biden. Yeah, that's just how it's going to be. Uh, what was the last thing? Oh, don't forget. New animal spirits every Monday, every Wednesday. And we will talk to you guys again next week. All right. Pretty good.